if we get honest, we have all gone through dry seasons. Seasons where we feel disconnected from God. Seasons where we don't see revelations in the scriptures like we used to. But I think the question that crosses my mind is why does this happen? Why does this happen to all of us? And why does it happen so frequently? What causes these seasons to sneak up on us? And I think we've seen in this series why we want to overcome these seasons. But today we're gonna look for how we actually do that. I wanna get practical. What, what keeps us in these dry seasons? And I think whenever we understand that, then we'll understand how do we overcome these seasons. See, we've seen this encouragement in scripture so far to desire to pursue God. But now let's see the exhortation to actually do it. Now, last time we saw that Paul's instructions about what keeps a person from being able to eat physical food were also given to teach us about God's principles for spiritual food, which is revelations from him. You see, we saw that the theme of these instructions was that we must be willing to work if we want to eat. We must be willing to seek with all of our heart if we want to find. But the rest of this passage gets so specific and shows us four things that keep us in these dry seasons. This is 2 Thessalonians 3, starting in verse 10, and I'm going to read a little bit for us. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now we command and exhort such persons in the Lord Jesus Christ to work peacefully and eat their own bread. So first, Paul describes those who are leading an undisciplined life. And I think it's important to understand what that word means because we all walk in with preconceived notions about what the word discipline means. So I want you to listen to this part. That word for undisciplined can more directly be understood as lacking proper order. I can think of no more perfect word to describe the pattern that I personally slip into over and over, where little by little, I slowly forget the importance of spending time seeking revelation from God's word in his presence. See, at that point, I've forgotten the proper order of things and reduced the importance of what is absolutely essential to my spiritual health. What's more is that over time, I eventually see and feel the effects that this has on every aspect of my health. Whenever we're in a dry season, I think this is the first question that we have to ask. The first question we have to ask is, have I forgotten the importance of spending time with him? Spending time meditating on his word. Paul goes on to describe, though, that these people are doing no work at all. And I think this is the second lesson. When we think of applying this to spiritual food, it reminds us of something that is so easy to forget. Revelation does not come without work. I can certainly attest to that. I've found very much that the more time I spend pursuing Revelation, seeking it out in the Bible, and asking God to help me understand what I'm reading, the more moments I have where God surprises me with new revelations. I, to be honest, you're, you're listening to one of those right now. When we're seeking to overcome these seasons, we have to address the issue of idleness, putting the effort and the time into meditating on God's word and asking for his revelation. It's only when we're doing that, when we're seeking, it's only whenever we are seeking him that he allows us to find him. You see, that, that's the second lesson. And, and the third lesson that Paul talks about is busyness. In describing the, Paul, the problem, Paul takes it one step further by saying that these people were acting like busybodies. 
And, and that word busybodies is actually pretty rare. It's not used very often in the New Testament. But its fundamental definition goes something like this, to waste one's labor about a thing. Here we can see the progress of what Paul is walking us through. First, we were told to put things in their proper order, to remember what's important, that is, spending time with him. Then we're reminded that there's an aspect of work to all of this, that we have to be active and engaged in our time with him to really receive revelation. We can't just simply be passive and turning the pages and reading. Now, we are being cautioned, though, to not waste that work and effort, that maybe we get it all right, you know, get, get our things in proper order and actually make the effort and engage in time with him. But then he's warning us, don't waste that time, don't waste that effort. And Paul uses this word translated as busybody, but at a fundamental level, he is describing being busy, but being unable to produce something that's truly valuable. And as we think about applying that to our time and meditation and pursuing revelation from him and pursuing spiritual food, if we're busy pursuing revelation without his help, we are wasting our effort. As we've seen throughout this series, it is God who has hidden a matter from us, and our intelligence will never be big enough to find it out. If we really want to find the kind of revelation that changes us, we have to receive it from him directly. And to be honest, I've been here. Let's just think about it together. I've been consistent in my Bible readings, waking up every morning, doing the, doing the good stuff, you know, sitting down, making time for it, actually reading, actually trying to understand, maybe even reading some commentaries. But I still find myself stuck in a dry season. May, I may be busy, I may be working to understand, but that work isn't producing life in me. And if that sounds familiar to you, then I think that this warning is both for you and for me. We cannot do this apart from him, and we are merely wasting our effort if we try to. More than anything, this whole process is about pursuing Him, seeking to know His glory, like we talked about in the first post of this series. Not just, from, not just seeking more understanding or more knowledge. It's about seeking Him. And at the end of the passage, Paul gives us, I think, one more lesson, though. And I think, I think that it's whenever he tells us that we are to eat our own bread. And, and this is the one that really sort of surprised me, so to speak, that I, I didn't necessarily expect to find an additional lesson here. But whenever I wrote out the first three, God said, there's one more. And um, in saying this, here's what Paul's explaining. He, he's explaining that we are not supposed to be filled with someone else's bread, with bread that someone else has worked to produce. Now, Paul obviously wasn't discouraging hospitality or pro prohibiting people from eating in each other's homes. That's obviously something that's encouraged throughout the scripture. Instead, what he was doing here is he was correcting the person who was relying on that hospitality as his only source of food. Rather than taking advantage of other people's hospitality, Paul was ex exhorting this person to eat his own bread, to eat his own food as well. By extension, I think that we could even say that he was supposed to, he was trying to encourage this person to maybe even host a dinner party, to host dinner for other people, to give hospitality as well as receive it. Okay, so that's the natural lesson, but let's apply it spiritually. You see, God didn't intend for our spiritual hunger to be satisfied solely with someone else's revelation. Obviously, we're permitted and encouraged to receive spiritual food from teachers in the church on Sunday and throughout the week, but we were never meant to rely on this alone. Instead, we are called to receive our own revelation from the Father as well, and even to share that revelation with others to encourage them as well. See, part of the reason that God designed it this way is because the benefit of revelation comes through the way that it is revealed. Otherwise, like we talked about, it, it can just be information. 
if it could just be communicated to us in words, then it's just information. But there's something different about true revelation. See, whenever we walk hand in hand with God, as he reveals the truth to us, we are surprised by it. And then we're inspired. That surprise, that almost eureka type moment is what inspires us to be more like him throughout the process. You see, the truth is built on the foundation of our relationship with him, rather than on the shifting sands of anyone else's character or credibility, whether that's our pastor or a good friend, whatever it might be, all of those character, everything there is shifting sand. It has to be built on a relationship with him. See, this process of revelation is actually what deepens our relationship with him. It provides the grace and the strength to change rather than just the information about what we need to change. This is really the beauty of behind revelation is that it is meant to be something that we seek and we, we find on our own in our own relationship with him. So those I think are the four lessons, discipline, idleness, busyness, and eating our own bread that we're pursuing it on our own with our own relationship with the Lord. But right at the end, uh, Paul also tells us um, not just what's holding us back from being able to eat, holding us back from receiving these revelations and getting out of this dry season as we've applied it here, but he also describes the picture of what we're aiming to be like. In summary, he tells us to work peacefully. And, and this word peacefully is such the perfect word here. He's describing a work that displays an inner peace and stillness that comes only from being reliant on God. That's the definition for that word peacefully. And this description provides, I think, the perfect summary to what we've seen here. You see, it balances the focus on work with a picture of being at peace in this work by relying on him to produce the fruit. That is to produce the revelation that changes us rather than striving to accomplish it on our own. And I think that's the picture here is that we are meant to, yes, be working, but to be working peacefully. So I hope that overall in this series that it's been helpful to you. We've walked through the foundation of God's glory and how his glory sometimes is concealed. And that there's a role for revelation to play in the process that as he reveals his glory to us, it changes us into the image of his glory. But in all of that, we have a need. We have the need to have spiritual hunger in order to participate in that process of finding out God's glory and being changed by it. And the applications of these things is what we've seen here today as we work to overcome dry seasons. Like I said, I hope that this series was helpful to you. I appreciate you taking the time to join us in it. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can also follow us and, and subscribe to our podcast here or to our emails on our website to get your content delivered because um, we're going to be starting out a new series next time and I'm excited to share it with you. Thank you again for joining us.